Hey, this is Pastor Matt McClure here from Takeover Church, and thank you so much for checking out today's message. We hope it encourages you. We pray it blesses you. We pray it challenges you. And if you don't know, we have service every single Sunday at 10.30 a.m., and we would love for you and yours, your family and your friends to come on out, experience church, be a part of all that God is doing through Takeover Church. But hey, we hope this blesses you. Have a great rest of your day. I lack that often. It's true. <laughs> well, awesome, incredible, incredible. Um, Scott, go lay down. What is she eating? That there was a potato great. on that guitar. Good and She ate it. Um, <laughs> CJ, what the heck? <laughs> I'm a party animal. What can I say? Oh. When he spills stew, he really spills stew. Yeah, right? I see my backwards. Spill the stew. <laughs> Well, <laughs> so tonight, tonight we are continuing our collection of talks, the Roaring Twenties. Has anybody been enjoying this so far? Pretty good? Pretty good? Well, awesome. Obviously, we've talked so far about first what it sounds like to hear the voice of God. The first night that we started this, we talked about hearing God. Like if we're going to be loud about what he's loud about, we've got to be able to hear him when he's speaking, you know, uh, that we talked about forgiveness, being loud about forgiveness, that we didn't want to be a bitter church. We want to be a better church and the path to being better is forgiveness. And then we talked about having compassion. We want to be loud about compassion. And we looked at moments in Jesus' ministry where miracles preceded moments of compassion. And that for us, we want to look at people and not see them as broken objects in need of healing or in need of this, but we want to look at them with compassion and knowing that they have lacked a good shepherd and we want to give them a good shepherd. And when we do, when that's our heart, when that's our posture out of that compassion, miracles will flow through us. And so tonight, the big idea that I kind of want to focus on as a team for, for this next couple of weeks until we have team night again is this idea of being loud about life. Loud about life. And we're going to be coming out of Proverbs 18.21. I'm in the ESV. Uh, you can look at any other scripture you want to, as long as it's not the King James Version. Um, Whatever. Nothing. As your pastor, just New King James Version, totes great. Actual KJV, mega wrong in translations, just so you're aware. Just so you're aware. Not even coming down on it as an old thing. It just is wrong. It's good. Um... But yes, so Proverbs 18.21 is where I'm coming out of. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. Mm. Jesus, we just thank you so much for tonight, God. We thank you for this amazing team. This team that doesn't just commit to you and your house and being faithful to you and the call on their life on a Sunday, God, for a block of time. But for a team, God, that lives this faith out loud Monday through Saturday, not only on Sunday, God. I thank you for their availability, God. We know that you can do far more with our availability than you can our gifts and our talents, God. You're looking for available people to move through, Jesus. And so, God, we just thank you so much for tonight, for these individuals that would take off a, a Wednesday night from work or a Wednesday night from whatever else they could be getting into to gather in a, in a dining room eat some food, laugh at my terrible jokes, and uh, encounter you and grow together as a team. I thank you for this family. I thank you for what you're building here, God. I thank you for the future. I thank you for the vision of this church. And 
I think for the amazing people that you have uh, you have brought alongside Adrian and myself, God, to, to do life and ministry and to till the land and to see a harvest come forth in the city of Grand Rapids. In Jesus' my name. Amen. 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 So loud about life. Um, I feel like that's incredibly self-explanatory, right? Like when I say that, I'm like loud about life. Durr. Uh, but then <laughs> I don't like saying duh anymore. Okay. I got over duh. Duh is so 2019. Durr is 2020. Okay. Uh, durr. Um, I don't know. I don't know where that came from, but for me, I look at, I look at that and I'm like, I want us to be loud about life. <laughs> But I also say that phrase. What's up, Clay? Yeah, not about life. Yeah. I say that phrase, and it's kind of confusing for me. I'm like, well, what do what do you mean about that, Lord? Because obviously, I'm not coming up with this. He's he's giving me this, and I'm like, well, what do you mean? Like, loud about life? Like, loud about living? Loud about life on like a cellular, molecular? Like, how far on the rabbit trail are we gonna go, God? Like, what what do you mean, loud about? Life and here, uh, this is a song written by David. You might know him. He was the little boy with long hair, you know, playing a harp in the field. They got prophesied to be a king, ends up being a king, did a lot of crazy, awesome, godly, and some wild things. And he's also part of the lineage of Jesus. Jesus came through David's lineage. And, and so this is written by David. And David says in this moment, he says that life and death are the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat of its fruits. Now there's two really big statements in here that I hope to break down and how that applies to us as a, as a team, as a family, as a serve crew in every single area. There's not, this applies to whether you're, you're, you're on the host team, waving people down with signs, passing containers, being welcoming. This applies to whether you're on a platform role, like you're leading worship or whatever else it may be, whether you're in kids and you're raising up the next generation whether you're part of our super secret security service that nobody in church knows about and you have a batarang in your back pocket, no matter who, <laughs> that's our deal, that's our deal. Like, hey, is church safe? Yeah, yeah, these guys got batarangs, man. Bought them for Ben Affleck, he'll never need them again. So, uh, I know, RIP, but Battenson, come on, somebody. So, David says, life and death are the power of the tongues, and I believe that there are two very powerful statements in here that I think if we get down if we begin to meditate on, if we begin to make this a part of our daily lives, we're going to see some really amazing things come about in our lives from the kingdom of heaven. And so the first part I want to break down is this idea that life and death are in the power of the tongue. Yeah. Now, this is before Jesus ever cursed a fig tree and told it to die. This is before Jesus says, it's better that I go so that the Holy Spirit may come because greater works will you do than even I. This is before all of this happens, okay? This is King David. This is in his prime. This is, this, this is written at the same time that 1 Samuel is recorded. Like, this is King David. He's out here. He's king, okay? It's amazing. It's this amazing situation. And he says that life and death are in the power of the tongues and those who love it will eat of its fruit. And it's crazy because what our world wants to call uh, manifest destiny or they want to call name it and claim it or all of these things where they just want to be positive vibes and I'm putting out positive energy and, and I can do what, you know what I mean? Like, have you met that person that yeah. just, yeah, it's like, what are you even saying right now? What's a vibe, you weirdo? Like, they talk about the secret. Dog. <laughs> yeah, we're good. Uh, <laughs> it's in my quiet place uh, by myself. Um, but so the world, the world, even like 
atheists, agnostics, people of different walks of faith, like they proclaim the same thing because if this happens before Jesus, and if we look at Genesis, God spoke into creation. He made all of this things happen. He spoke into creation. This is a divine law that he put into the universe. It's as much a law as gravity is. It's just the world would rather take it and run with it and not give God any credit for it. Right. But this yeah. is a divine law. Gravity, time, seasons, change, uh Death, life, reap, so these are things that he put into place when he spoke the universe into creation. I know it's a little, little heavy right now, but but one of the ways I want to tell you about this is that when he spoke man into existence, it says that we were made in his image right. and likeness. Mm-hmm. It doesn't stop that image. If we were just an image of God, we would be this one-dimensional, weird, cosmic thing on a wall but because we are made in his image and likeness not only do we look like him not only do we sound like him not only do we walk in the same properties and capacities him we are not equal to him but he made us in his likeness which means that we aren't 1d we are 3d that there is a part of us that is actually alike to god okay but when we chose to disobey what he said was best for our lives and, and as human beings, obviously from uh, Adam and Eve, the result of sin in the garden, we chose to go against what God said was best for our lives and it actually fractured that image and likeness. And so what what's looked just like God, made in his image and likeness, he says, let's make them in our image and likeness, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, okay? Make them in our image and likeness. What was once alike is now different. Once looked like, once walked like, once was able to name things and and build a garden and had complete dominion of the earth, what once had that power to rule and reign is now different. It's this incredible thing that happens. And so David is acknowledging this. And the reason it's in scriptures, I believe, and it's repeated throughout, is that there's this idea that God put this out into the universe that was like, you can speak life and death. And whichever you love, you will reap the benefits of or the consequences of. And so I know that's a big theological statement that I just kind of made. And I know that's a lot to maybe unpack for some of us. But I think it's incredibly profound and I think it's incredibly necessary. I would say it's super necessary. Somebody say super necessary. Super necessary. Super necessary. Quote the great theologian, Game Bread. Um, don't look it up. Um, but he says super necessary. This is super necessary for our lives because if we're going to be and do and, and, and accomplish everything that God has set out for us as a church and as individuals to accomplish, well, then I think taking inventory of our speech kind of has to be a chief priority in some yes, of our lives. Like if we actually, factually, literally, and spiritually have the ability to create life and death via our mouth, what what we allow to pass through our lips, what we begin to confess, our Bible says, out of the heart, the mouth shall flow. What we allow to come outside of us actually has the ability to affect the reality of which we live in and the experiences which we have. Then maybe for some of us, and I would say more than likely all of us, myself included, this is something that we got to begin to meditate on. This is something that we got to begin to think about. This is something that we don't need to get legalistic about, but it is something that we need to start taking a little bit more serious. 
because it's human beings. Like, let's look at this. He says, life and death are the power of tongues. Death, I think we get really easy, right? Like, it's easy to speak death. We are broken, fractured human beings. We are already prone to death. We are already prone to death. How many of us, before we met Jesus, was it not just, and probably afterwards, was it not just the easiest things to complain about things? Like, nope, it's another rough day. Yep, this day sucks. Yep, this happened. Yep, she sucks. He sucks. Everything sucks. I suck. Like, I don't even want to get out of bed today. This sucks. Oh, this happened to me, and it's unjust, and it's unfair. And it's just that, 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 that. I was having a good day, and then I went on Twitter. That, 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 that. Like, we are prone to speak death. So I think for a lot of us, we get that because in practical terms, whether we had uh, opportunities that came our way, whether we had doors that opened up for us, we had a budding relationship, we met somebody that we could have had a ting with. Like we, we had all of these different experiences that we have as human beings happen and occur in our lives. And if all we were putting out was doubtfulness, hopelessness, hate, uh, confusion, like anything that had any whip of death on it, if that was all that we were confessing, if that was all that was spilling out of us in every season, in every situation, well, then what do we think is going to manifest in our lives? Death, right? Like that's surefire thing. I'm not good enough. You keep saying that. Yeah, you're not going to be good enough. I can't change. You keep saying that you're not going to try and change. You're not going to pursue change. You're not going to pursue being better. Oh, I, I, you know, God could never love me. Well, he freaking does, but you'll never acknowledge it because you're too hung up on yourself. Like, oh, it's never going to work out between her and me. I'm a six. She's a 13. It's not even on the chart. It's not, it's a chasm. I can't cover it. Well, no crap, Sherlock. Like you're, (laughs) you're not going to be able to cover that because you're not even going to shoot your shot and try. Like, we, we will cut ourselves off from blessings and experiences. This is the coolest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> wow. Wow, look at you, bro. Oh, man. She's like, whoa. Has she done that before? Oh, man. Not like that. It's happened. I love it. I love it. If you're listening to the podcast, there's a baby crawling for the first time. Um, that was really cool. Oh my god! But obviously, preaching and Exactly. If he's interpreted dancing, um, obviously, if all we do is allow death to come out of our mouths and we allow death to cut us off from God's possibilities in our lives, if we cut off the flow of a blessing or favor or promise before it even gets there by what we are speaking, all we're going to experience is death. Yeah. So David, I'm like, bro, I get that one. Like we're prone. That's that's easy for me to do. Like I can just be negative all day long and not think anything of it because I'm a human, and that's just kind of my broken, fallen nature and what I'm prone to do. Then on the flip side of that, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you speak life, life and death are the power of tongues. Like just because you're like we're in a fallen world when he wrote this already. He understood sin. There was sacrifice. There was bloodshed. There were all of these things offered up to the king of Israel like that like that would cover sin, would be partitioned for our sin. Like he understood that at this time. He walked with God. David was guided by God. He had a relationship with him so much that he was known as a man after God's own heart. David got all this. He just didn't have Jesus yet, okay? Like that didn't right. come yet, but he had a relationship with God, all right? So he understood sin. He understood the broken world. And so if before Jesus, he is saying and proclaiming 
No, no, you can still experience freaking life. You just got to understand that it's in the power of your tongue. Yeah. You just got to understand that you have the capacity and the ability as a human being. This is the mercy of God. Like that he loves you so much that he still created you with infinite possibilities and, and wondrous and, and, and the ability to create and steward and do all these amazing things still, whether you come to know him or not. Yeah. It's amplified. It's turned up with Jesus. Yeah. But his goodness and grace, instead of just wiping everything out and be like, nope, I'm done with humans. They freaking suck. We're done with this. He's like, no, no, I'm going to send my son and I'm going to amplify what's already there. I'm going to put back this image. I'm going to make them back in my likeness through Jesus. And so David is proclaiming at this time, life and death are in the power of tongues. I know you're prone to death, but life can still happen. If you would begin to confess life, man, my marriage is going to get better. I am going to do more. I'm going to get this job. I'm going to nail this interview. Like, yeah, I've been a bad tester, but today's my day, champ. Like, I'm finna do this thing. I'm going to interview. I'm going to get into this college. I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. And this is not manifest destiny. This is the Bible. This is God saying. It's a reason it's in here that every part of the Word of God is used for edifying, building up, and encouraging the church so that it lacks nothing. That's the whole point of the Word of God. So if it's in there, it's God's plan for our life. And so we can rest assured that David is saying what's available to you and me is that we can speak life. So what about, you know, the rest of our world? What about the city of Grand Rapids? Let's start smaller. City of Grand Rapids. It's jacked up. It's got problems. It's Dutch. Like, no, I'm kidding. Uh, it is Dutch. But we're in a city that's, we're in a city that's growing in a time that's strange. There's things going on. There's confusion. There's not certainty. There's very little direction other than we're putting up more skyscrapers, which I'm good with. But like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Get the trees out. Uh, but what? hey, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I love madcaps and windows and coffee shops. All right. You have other pastors here that love that. It's okay that I don't. They're here. They love you. They are with you, okay? They're here. I'm a concrete jungle boy, not a real one. It's okay. That's silly. So, gonna paint a tree on a wall. This exactly. Paint me a tree. Don't let me see one. Um, so the city's growing. No, last time I was in plain, I got pulled over. Um, oh, that's true. In front of your house. That's our pastor. So you won't take me anywhere outside the city limits. So. It's good. Unless we're going to fly out of Grand Rapids to Detroit. That's the closest I'm getting. So, anyways, back, 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 back. Sorry. So, we live in a city of time where all of this stuff is going on. And what happens when a non-believer rubs shoulders with a member of our church, a member of our team, and they're going like, aren't you concerned with the state of our nation? And we're going, no, actually, we're concerned with the state of you. Like, what can I pray for you for? How can I add life to your life? Life and death in the power of our tongues? What, what do you need more life in? What do, you, what do you mean? Well, do you need more life in your marriage? Can I pray for that? Do you need more life in your finances? Can I pray for that? Do you need more life in your brain? Do you got depression issues? Can I pray for that? Do you need life in this? Like we're called to, if we have the power of life and death and the power of, like if we have the power of life and death in our tongue, then we have a responsibility to use that power for the good and the advancement of the gospel. Amen. So what happens when when, when that happens? All of a sudden, non-believers going, wait, wait, wait. wait. So you're not like some right crazy person? No, no, no. I actually, I don't, I don't care. I want to know like how I can add like value to your life. What can I pray for? 
What do you need more life in? Wait, 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 wait. So you're not like one of those super judgmental people? Like, I, I, no, no, I'd rather be known for what I'm for than what I'm against. So what can I be for in your life? What can I add life and value to you for? Like, like that is the conversation. And then, and then say we're in Grand Rapids, which we are, and we know that there are individuals who would say that they follow Jesus, but maybe the extent to following Jesus is just a Sunday thing and not a Monday through Saturday, day-to-day kind of thing. No judgment. I, it, like, okay, you're cool. But when one of those people brushes up with a member from our church who recognizes that life and death are in the power of the tongue, all of a sudden they brush up against somebody whose fire isn't a bunch of embers. It's not just a bunch of uh, like a flickering sparkle, but you are a wild fire full of life. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're going to be speaking life, you're going to get life. If you're speaking faith, you're going to get faith. If you're speaking hope, you're going to see hope. If you're speaking godliness, you're going to see godliness. If you're speaking the promises of God, you're going to see the promises of God. So what happens when a, not, when a, when a basic believer, if you will, a basic believer, I, didn't even, I, I just came up with that off the top of my head, fans. A basic believer, okay? What the enemy meant for evil, right? A basic believer brushes up with a member from Takeover Church. Wow, I believe that they're going to see us standing on God's promises. And not only are they going to see us standing on God's promises, they're going to see us as the recipient of God's promises. We're not just going to be praying for God's favor. We're going to be the recipients of God's favor. We're, we're, we're going to be a church that's going to see the miracles of God in the land of the living. Like we're going to be that church when we are when we understand the responsibility that we have Right here. Right here. Life and death are in the power of the tongues. And so when somebody who has low ashes and burning embers and isn't burning very bright and they come up against a wildfire like you, man, they can't help but get stoked. They can't help. Which is the... See what I did there? Oh. Stoked the fun. Boom. Good. I like Got it. Got it. Got it. But here's the thing. Speaking of trees, here's the thing. Speaking of trees and fire, here's the thing. Did you know that the primary uh, determining factor of how big a fire gets isn't actually the wood or what it burns? Did you know that? It has nothing to do with that. Like, that helps. But the prime determining factor of how big and how massive and how much damage a fire can do and how much ground it can cover is actually the amount of oxygen available to it. Like oxygen is the primary factor in how big a fire gets. Mm-hmm. So you could, you could get like logs on logs on logs, Lincoln log status, right? And you could douse that sucker in gasoline. It could be five stories high and you could light that bad Jackson on fire and it could burn bright. It could burn huge. It could go far. It could go deep. It could go wide. It could do all of these things, destroying everything in its path. But the second, the second you put a dome over that top, the second you put a dome over it and you limit the amount of oxygen, the amount of life that fire can get, that fire is going to go out. It doesn't matter how much gasoline you continue to throw on it inside the dome. It doesn't matter how many logs you keep trying to put on the fire inside the dome. The second you cut off its oxygen supply, you're going to, you're going to kill that fire. And so I think about that and how it relates to Christianity. And we see how when God spoke man into existence and he breathed into them. Or when God told Ezekiel to speak to and breathe on these dry bones and tell them that they can live. Breathe and speak are interchangeable in the word of God. So all of a sudden we cut off a fire's ability to have life and it goes out. What that says to me is you can have as many logs under fire as you want. 
as many Bible verses in your house, as many Christian books as you want. Heck, you can have freaking people trying to throw logs on the fire. You can have a community of faith around you. But if you're not speaking life, if you're not breathing hope, if you're not speaking faith, if you're not having life in the power of your tongues, that fire that once burned bright is still going to go out. It's still going to be deprived of oxygen. Life is the primary determining factor of whether a Christian is going to burn bright or not. Whether a Christian is going to take ground or not. Whether a Christian is going to be a wildfire that's going to spark other people to burn for Jesus. Amen. Amen. Is this helping anybody tonight? Yeah. So I want to be found speaking life. It's easy. I'm prone to death. I want to be a person who's contagious with life. Death is contagious because everybody already has it. We're already all in the same boat of falling nature. We all already have death. But what not everybody has is what the Christian has, and that's life. Death is easy, but I want to make life a contagion in this city. I want to be speaking hope. I want to speak favor. I want to speak promises of God. I don't want to be found prophesying death. I want to be found prophesying life. And that second part, what David says, is really interesting to me. It's, It's this part where he says, those who love it will eat of its fruit. That's really interesting to me. That's really interesting because loving life and loving death sounds kind of buck wild. Like, we love life, right? Like, I love life. Yay. Love, live, laugh, love. Yeah, I love it. That's great. Like, oh my God, Becky, I love life. You love life? Yeah, me too. Darren. Like, it's great. <laughs> I don't know why it was Darren and Becky. Becky with the good hair, by the way. But, so, nobody's going to get that joke. Like I, 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 I got my it. man, Sergio, it. gets it. Woo. Um, I also signed with the I said me and Adrian. So, so he says, those, those who love it will eat of its fruit. So what you're saying is, those who love death are going to reap death. Those who are sowing, speaking, and spreading death are going to have a harvest of death. They're going to taste the fruit of death. But those who spread life like a seed and who water life like a seed, who sow life like a seed are going to one day have a harvest of life and are going to get the taste of fruit of life. That's a huge concept because he's saying what you choose to sow, what you choose to spread, you will eat of its fruit. You know, it's incredible to me because this all comes back to us as a team, right? How does this apply to us as a team? And and it's my hope and my prayer, and, 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 I, and I hope I've given clear and defining direction uh, as the lead pastor of this house that, yeah, on Sundays at church, we're going to be speaking life. Like, we're going to be waving signs in the parking lot, welcoming people in with life. We're going to be singing on the stage with, with life. If our face doesn't look like we have life right now, we're going to get some coffee, and we're going to put a smile on our face, and we're going to look like we got some life. Like, we are going to be a life-giving church, but it's not very life-giving if the only life we're giving is contained to two hours on a Sunday, yeah. that's not life. Yeah. Life is weekly. Life is hourly. Life is by the minute. Life is daily. It's monthly. It's yearly. Life is called to grow and to, and to expand and to multiply. And if the only life that we are exhibiting to our city in desperate need of life consumed by death, especially in our neighborhood, if the only life they see come from takeover church is what we do on a Sunday, that's irresponsible. That's malpractice. Yeah. We can do better. Yeah. 
But what I love is when I hear stories about a couple of our guys being downtown at Madcap and, and somebody looks over to them and goes, this conversation really blessed me. This conversation was really full of life. This conversation, I wasn't even in the conversation, but I'm leaving feeling like God is for me right now. My husband and I just moved to the city from Cali, California, and all of a sudden, I'm here at Madcap. We're looking for a church. We've checked out a few. Where do you guys go? Because clearly, you're planted somewhere. Clearly, you're growing somewhere. Clearly, you're getting life, and you're recipient or recipient that life, and you are extending that life to somebody else. You are recipients of life, and you're extending that life to somebody else. Where is this? That's incredible to me. Because that's you receiving life, choosing to speak life, choosing to spread life. And now somebody else gets to come away with life from a conversation they weren't even involved in. That's a win for me. Yeah. But to the other, uh, the other effect is that if speak death and those who love death will eat of its fruits. Like we all know that person, right? Who just loves drama. You just love drama. Like you got drama at work. You got drama at home. You got drama at church. Like too much drama for me, mama, right? Like you just love drama. And since you love drama, you feed off drama. The only relevance you have in your sphere of influence is dramatic. <clears throat> then yeah, you're going to reap drama. You're sowing drama, you're reaping drama. You're sowing gossip, you're, re you're reaping gossip. You're talking trash to somebody else talking trash about you and it's getting back to you and then you're talking trash about them. Like it's this never-ending cycle of death because you spend your time reaping death. Or what about someone who's feeds off negative attention? We know those people too, right? Like there's always something going wrong in their life and they always have to tell you about it because the only attention they get, the only validation they get, the only thing they can feed off in their life is the negativity that's going on. You don't even know if it's true. You just know they're telling you it's like, it's bad at home. Yep. It's bad at work. Like I got pulled over and the cop was bad. Like, <laughs> no, you had two taillights out. That's your fault. Like, and you were doing 55 and a 34. Like, what are you doing? Like I was doing 55 and a 54. Anyways. So, so I got that one too, dog. I got you. Dude, Jay-Z's my spirit animal. I don't know if you noticed it, but yes, he is. I'm H to the Izzo. That's why I'm not getting any of those. Oh, they're not hockey references, Dave. Dude, I'll freaking run this town, bro. Uh, dude, dude, you worry about the speck in your eye, but I see some people in the place that need to go ahead and brush their sodas off. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, sorry, I got a million of them. You can say I got a million ways to get it, and I need to choose one. So, anyways. Heck yeah, dude. Um, so, anyways, so David says, those who love it will eat of its fruit. Those who are consumed by it will eat of its fruit. I want to be a church that's consumed with life. I want to be a church that's loud about life. I want to be known as a church that of what we're for. Yes, we have definitive things that we obviously we, we agree with the Bible. We're a Bible-believing church. But I want to be loud about life. I want to be loud about speaking life. We may disagree, 
but I don't need to push death on you because of what you believe. Instead, I can come to you and find some common ground and I can speak life to your situation. When someone encounters CJ, I want them to be like, I don't know about tomorrow, but I know right now that God is for me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what tomorrow is going to look like, but right now I believe I could send in that resume and I think God's actually going to show up. Nat's at the hospital and it's like, what the world would say is just a cleaning lady. No, no, she's a freaking missionary in the hospitals. And when they come against Nat, when there's a spirit of fear in that place that comes up against a believer and Nat's going, no, 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 fear not. She's repeating the words and the promises of Jesus. And she begins to pray with those people in a place that is consumed and filled with. And the very reason it operates is because of death. We have a Christian who's not bowing to the presence of death. Instead, they're speaking life through the presence of Jesus on the inside of her. I want to be known as a church that speaks life. Where you, where you shout me down. Say, can I uh, share an image that I was just so basically, you gotta speak loud. Basically, yep. uh, it was a field of darkness, and then three people—I can't draw people—three people walked up, the feet they get me. and each one was a Christian. And then their light stopped the darkness there, and then their light caused effect, creating light in the end of darkness there. That's basically the image that goes along. I like that. I like that. So you're saying the darkness stopped at the beginning of the field. No, the darkness crossed through the field, but as soon as the Christian stepped up, it stopped. I love it. So the believer stepped up to the darkness and stopped there, and that from them took over the darkness there. Took over the darkness there. Come on, that's prophetic. I love that. Um, Can we just make some noise for CJ for sharing? Yeah. Come on. Come on. Because we're going to be a church that we're going to celebrate what we want to see repeated, right? Yeah. And we want to stoke life into that flame. Yeah. Yeah. And we want to stoak life into these gifts. Yeah. And we want to stoke life, life into the gifts of the people not yet to come to know Jesus, but hopefully they will via our church and we can speak life into those giftings. Right. As a church, I want us to be known for spreading and for sowing and for speaking life. Yeah. Yeah. Does that sound good? Yeah. 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 Awesome.